Thank you for tuning in once again to the Ramily Matters podcast. I'm your host, Ishmael Sistrunk, the Executive Director of Communications. And with me today, I have a guy who is responsible for keeping the scholars, the staff members, and the community at large safe in the Riverview Garden School District, Mr. Warren Newton, the Director of Safety and Security. Mr. Newton, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so safety and security, uh, like I mentioned, that's that's a big thing. That's key, uh, especially in schools, in the modern environment. You have a lot of different types of threats, internal and external. Uh, so we want to pick your brain on, you know, how you go about securing the school district. But uh, generally, first, I'd just like to start off with finding out who uh, the person is. And so uh, in your own words, can you tell me who is Warren Newton? Uh, Warren Newton, uh, current director of safety and security here at Riverview Gardens, uh, retired law enforcement, uh, worked as an SRO in St. Louis City, uh, worked as a patrol sergeant in St. Louis City. Always wanted to come and work in the school eventually. Okay. Uh, uh, my plan as a young police officer was to do 20 years retire, and then teach. Okay. Um, I saw a different light as I got older and wiser. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I could not be a teacher right now. That's, I have, have the utmost respect for teachers right now. Right. Uh, it's a hard job. Uh, I'd rather do the protection part. Right. So that's my that's my forte, and that's, that's who I am. Yeah, you know, teachers uh, wear a lot of hats, and so uh, teachers a lot of times are the security guards on the front line because if incidents happen in the classroom, you know, yeah. they have to be that first responder to it. So yes, that's interesting. So did you end up doing 20 years in law enforcement? I, I did 28. Okay, 28. Okay. And what was what was that like? I know you said you worked as an SRO. You also, um, you said, as a detective? or. Yes. So just give us a little insight into that. Early in my career, I always wanted, I always envisioned myself. First of all, I didn't, as a kid, law enforcement wasn't my vision. Um, I had a, a good friend of mine who was in the career, kind of talked me into it and just talked about serving the community and, and giving back to the community. So when I became a police officer, I wanted to go back to the neighborhood I grew up in, went to school in, uh, just to kind of keep and build those relationships. In my first 10 years, I, I liked running and gunning like all the young police officers. I liked doing uh, an investigations. And then in year 10 is when I got the opportunity to work in a school. Okay. And I was voluntold to do it. <laughs> Didn't think I would like it. And it ended up actually being my calling. Awesome. Because we got to see on the streets, you see, you always see the negative for the most part. And even those good situations, unless you see that person again, you never really know the outcome, you know. Uh, But in the schools, you know, I got to build relationships with not only the staff, but the students. And right now, some of the kids I dealt with that were in middle school in the, well, I would say 90s who are now like probably in their 40s, I still have a relationship with some of them. And a lot of them I might see, or some of them might have even been parents here at Riverview Gardens, mm-hmm. you know. 
And uh, it's just that positive connection, that positive outcome that a lot of police officers don't get to experience. Gotcha. Okay. And which neighborhood did you grow? You said you wanted to serve the neighborhood where you grew yeah, I graduated up? graduated from Sumner High School. I grew up in the Ville. I grew up partly in Walnut Park. Uh, but I, I grew up really in that Ville area mm-hmm. around Sumner High School, and that's the area I wanted to go to. Okay. A lot of police officers didn't want to go north when they got out of the academy. I volunteered to go north. Gotcha. You know, and, and to be honest with you, I never really went south of 40, Highway 40, till I was probably in my 30s. Okay. You know, and I became a police officer. Uh, I actually turned 24 while I was in the police academy. Okay. In 1989. So what are some of the differences? Obviously, the objective is largely... Uh, the same as an officer and, you know, working in security, you're trying to keep people safe. But what are some of the differences that you notice, you know, being out in the field as an officer and being in the schools? Uh, the differences, it's not really too much of a difference. There's a, 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 there's different levels, but in the school, as much as it can be, it's a little more pleasant. Or positive than the streets, right? And when I say that is, um, when police officers are usually usually encountering people on the streets in the public, nowadays nine times out of ten is not a positive reason. Right. Whereas in the school, you're constantly coming in contact with people. Sometimes it's negative, but at the same time, there's more positive interactions. Um, in the schools. Unfortunately, in safety and security, we know the quote-unquote problem kids more than we know the good kids. You know, we spend, and we're conscious of it, and we try to get away from that. But sometimes, just in safety and security, we're dealing with the trouble kids more than we're doing that those those great students right. who kind of slide under the radar with safety and security because they're doing the right thing. If that kind of answers your question. Right. And so in terms of, I don't know, working with students, you know, back in the day, there was a lot of um, community policing. Right. And we see some um, departments are trying to get back to that. But, you know, back in the 80s, yeah. maybe even the 90s, uh, officers were in the community more in a school district. It seems like that's that's sort of the norm because you're in the schools, you know, you're going through and you're always present. How important is it for you as a former law enforcement officer um, to just sort of have that time to be around the kids? I know you said you're around, you know, the quote unquote um, kids with behavioral issues, we'll say, more than the regular students. But do you think there's a impact that you make? Just being on campus, just being in the schools every day and then seeing you and having that, you know, sort of building that relationship and rapport. Yes. And I'm going to say this. My uh, safety officers here in Riverview, one of the characteristics we look for in selecting them is someone who can build relationships with our children. Uh, uh, Some are better than others, but all of them do it. It's something that uh, even if. They appear to have it during the interview. We kind of give them the tools to to be better at it. Right. So, um, and when I say building relationships, uh, I'm going to use an example. Um, 
in, in security, even in law enforcement. Having those relationships make you really more successful. And uh, now that is really no different than the streets. Um, I mean, if you come in heavy handed, uh, if you come in kind of disrespectful, you're going to get a lot of that back. Right. But even with our children, once you've established that relationship, um, and let me go back. One of the things I tell the, the new safety officers here at Riverview is, the kids are going to try you. Because <laughs> you're new, they're right. going to try you. But you have to be consistent with them. Mm. Uh, you have to be intentional. You have to be present. And once they realize you're not going anywhere, right? they'll, they'll do anything you need them to do. You know, um, you have some uh, security officers who are kind of, uh, when I say rough with them, mm-hmm. from the outsider, when I say rough, I'm talking about verbally, right. conversations. Yeah. Uh, no abusive language, Not, none of that, but reminds you of maybe that that aunt that kind of just spoke their mind, mm-hmm. but you know they cared about you. Right. You know, we have some officers who have established that type of relationship with those kids, and the kids aren't offended when they talk to them kind of heavy. Right. But it's out they because they know it's out of love. Right. You know. Uh, Officers can't come in the door doing that. You have to establish those relationships with them. Right. Um, and 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 once they know you're there for them and, and you'll risk your life for them, you'll do anything for them, mm-hmm. they'll do anything you really ask them to do, you know, as far as just, you know, getting out, out the hallways. Uh, you'd be surprised how many kids will come and tell a safety officer that uh, someone may be committing a violation. Or someone is about to fight, mm-hmm. um, or who may have done something that we're trying to right. find out, get to the bottom of it, you know. And it's just through building those relationships, right? Know? Yeah, and though that relationship aspect is really important, and I always talk to people uh, because, especially, you know, as I get older and and, and more seasoned, you see people that want the best. For kids, you know, whether they're telling them, hey, pull up your pants or, you know, go to class or make sure whatever it is, you know, you want to give that wisdom. But if you don't build that relationship right. where they know you care, they're not going to hear it. They're not going to listen at all. And so, yeah, I always try to tell people when I see him, oh, tell, tell that young man, pull up his pants. Tell that man, like, did you say hi to him first? <laughs> and did right, you say, right. how was your day going? Have you built any type of relationship because if you have, they'll receive it. Yeah. And, and they'll, like you said, they'll uh, act on that and, and listen to what you say and they'll share information about other things that are uh, that are going on. If there's a fight, like you said, that's about to happen or to happen, if you have a relationship with students, they'll come and share because they want to be safe too. They want to have a safe right. school environment as well. They really do. And so, you know, just building those relationships I think is is really important. Um, and, and, and another thing we kind of uh, drive, some like some of uh, our safety officers have it down pat, and some you have to kind of encourage, mm-hmm. but just that that positive greeting, You're right. you know, because lot, we don't know what our kids go through before they make it to the school, and and we could do a better job of it, but we're really trying to, myself included, just try to be more positive in our initial greetings. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of kids may not hear good morning in the morning. 
You know, sometimes, you know, parents, I, I put like this. Uh, I love my mother, but she worked a lot of jobs when we were young. Right. She's, she was grumpy, <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't get sweet until she had grandkids. Right. You know, but I understood it as a hardworking parent. They don't always have the time to to give us that positive word, that positive greeting, or look even tell the kids they love them. Sometimes some parents just don't have it. They they do, they just don't verbally say it. And uh, even when our kids are in the morning, and I have to be present enough to tell myself this too, to say good morning to more of the kids than we actually do. You know, come they're coming in, they're being searched, they're. You know, we're, we're, they're going through metal detectors, and we've been trying to instill to be a little more positive with the kids. Right. Hey, good morning. How's your day going? Uh, or, or, you know, even kids, some kids come in tired because they worked the night right. before. You know, and you see them looking kind of tired. And I, I jokingly say, well, a lot of, especially kids that are late, I said, what you had to do, work late last night? And nine times out of ten, the response is, yep, I sure did. Wow. You know? I may have said it jokingly at first, right. you know. Yeah. But our, our kids, uh, they go through a lot, and we try to, and I'm just talking safety and security. We try to be more positive, being being aware of just being positive. Right. Yeah, and respect is a is a two way street, you know. So if we want respect from children, whether we're talking about a high school senior or whether we're talking about a second or third grader, you know, being respectful goes a long way. Uh, you mentioned metal detectors. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. We know that there's a lot, you know, that's going on with school safety nationwide and incidents that occur. And so the district uh, was able to receive a grant, some funding for safety and security. And so now uh, there will be metal detectors going up in schools. Can you go into a little more detail about that initiative? Yes, it's just really, um, like you said, we were awarded the grant Safety uh, monitors, metal detectors were one of the things that were priority on our list. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of just uh, keeping our staff and our students safe. Uh, I've been here six years now. And at the high school I could speak of, we haven't had a, a – we've had one weapon on campus at the high school since I've been here. And – and I think because we do searches in the mornings, because we do have metal detectors, I think that prevented a lot of um, additional weapons being found on our campus. Um, I know it's not aesthetically the most pleasant thing to, right. to encounter, but I think in the climate that we're in, the days we're in now, I think is uh, necessary. Um, and it's more... Our, our job is safety and security. Uh, 90% of our job should be protecting our staff and students on the inside mm-hmm. from those evil forces outside. Right. But um, sometimes you have to have safety from the inside out also. Right. You know, so um, I know it's not aesthetically the most pleasant view, but. Like I said, in this this day and age, uh, is very necessary. Yes, it's the responsible thing to do. And I think years ago, and even recently, uh, metal detectors uh, just had a bad yeah. image. You know, where if you if a school has metal detectors, that means it's a bad school. Right. But 
when we look at these incidents uh, that have happened at school shootings, you know, it can be people a lot. Of, most of the times it is people from the outside coming in to do harm to either students or staff members. Um, you have incidents between students where that could be an issue. And so it's really is better to be safe than sorry, yeah. you know, and that, and it's not it's not a representation of this is a bad school because if you see the incidents that happen across the nation, it's not quote unquote bad schools that are ones that are dealing from the incidents. It's all types of schools. It's great, you know, blue ribbon schools, schools in uh, so-called safe communities. Uh, So it really does not discriminate. School violence does not discriminate. So you have to be prepared with every, um, method that you can to keep the students and staff and uh, any visitors uh, to keep them safe. Exactly. And so are there any other safety and security initiatives that you're working on? I know uh, there are some things going on in terms of marking buildings uh, for law enforcement. Um, I believe there's some things happening with sort of ID management uh, for when people do visit the district, how to identify them and make sure we know who's coming in and out of the building. Can you um, share some information about those? Uh, Governor Parsons uh, just recently awarded um, or basically gave schools uh, Raptor, I think is the company name. I've been talking to so many companies that sometimes I get the names mixed up, Mm -hmm. but I think it's Raptor who, um, and don't quote me on this. Raptor has a lot of components, visitor management, IDs, emergency buttons, but I, I think we're using them for the uh, emergency um, component. Right. Where uh, staff um, can um, use geofencing, I believe it is. And, and we're, we're in the initial phases. Uh, our MIS department is, is actually entering the staff information now, and then once that's entered, it'll be up and running, and we plan on having a meeting with uh, administration as soon as that's done for the training. And what would that do once that's implemented and up and running? Mm -hmm. uh, What's the purpose for that system? That would just be like an emergency notification situation. Gotcha. Uh, And we are talking to other companies about – if there's a re- reunification component, mm-hmm. uh, visitor management, um, and like I said, we're we're talking to all these different companies. Uh, some of them have some of the same components, but right now, um, because of financial benefits, we're using the uh, programs that are kind of free to us right now. Okay, um, from the state, uh, we're going to do those, and then eventually. We'll have something that's probably one system that does multi gotcha. uh, faceted okay. things. Uh, pivot a little bit. It's, it's still related to school safety, but another thing that's coming, and this isn't from safety and security, uh, but that'll be coming to secondary schools, the middle schools and the high school, uh, are going to be the foam pouches where students are going to be <laughs> responsible for locking their phones yeah. up. Yes. Uh, in the morning and keeping them locked up unless there's an educational need into uh, they get dismissed. Tell me a little bit, how will that impact safety and security? What are your thoughts on um, 
how that'll look just in the morning because your team is going to have to be there at the doors and helping watch the kids lock their phones up. Well, I guess first, even before we get there, what type of challenges have you seen because of phones um, on campus? Because of phone, probably the two major things that come to my mind first are maybe the uh, use it through social media using your phone, or maybe the the threats, the threat of a shooting, threat of a bomb, any kind of threat that's uh, sent in through social media. Um, the second part is we've had a lot of incidents where there wasn't a situation or maybe a situation may have been blown out of proportion and students have contacted their parents Mm -hmm. and the parents come up and the presence of the parents really become more of a hindrance than a help. And I'll use something like there may be a shots fired in the vicinity of a school, not necessarily affecting the school or it may be an actual valid shooting somewhere maybe three, four blocks away from the school, not involving the school, but students may contact their parents. They may let their parents know there's a shooting. And I don't know if it's miscommunicated intentionally or or unintentionally, but we've had flocks of parents come to our schools thinking there was a shooting actually on the campus. Right. And that becomes a, uh, a hindrance to if there was an incident, that could possibly be a hindrance to emergency vehicles, police, EMS, fire, whoever getting on campus. Right. Possibly. So uh, I think that will assist in avoiding that situation. Those are two things that stick out the most. And what about in terms of like, do you run into students planning fights oh, yeah. via social media or oh, sending yes. in from, hey, we're going to meet in the hey, We'll meet in the bathroom, bathroom the cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. So that will avoid those things also. Yeah, and I, what I think is really important, what you talked about, is having parents um, sort of come up. And we all know the game telephone where you start a message oh, and you yeah. tell five, six, seven people, and by the time it gets to that person, the message has changed. Yes. I think that's some of what we see, but when you're in an emergency situation, whether it's weather-related, whether it's safety-related, you and your team really need to be in control of that situation. The building administrator, like the people at the school are charged with keeping everybody safe. And the more people that you throw into that, you know, if you have parents that are coming up to the school, and I understand if, if there's a emergency situation you want to make sure that your child is safe yeah that's no fault of the parent at all but you also have to let the safety and security team and you're working with local law enforcement and you guys are coordinating to make sure that it's safe you just can't have 100 200 people running up you know and and that just makes it a less secure environment Uh, and i think for me uh, in charge of communications with the district that's something that you know we're working on making sure we get out timely communications um about incidents and situations even if if we can't tell the full story yet if it's developing just send out a short blurb saying this is happening you know this school is um this school 
it's not lockdown. Um, what's the term that we use? Lockdown, soft lockdown, hard lockdown. Yeah, if we have to put a, um, a school on lockdown or something like that, communicate that with the parents, but just let them know that our safety and security team is working with law enforcement. We're safe and secure. If we need you to come up, we're going to let you know. Right. Uh, but please don't just run up to the school because you heard you know, this or that rumor because a lot of times it's not accurate on what's happening you know, at the, the building. And one of the things, I mean, any – Anyone that's in security, what we always try to think about is what could happen mm-hmm. um, and what problems could arise. And one of the problems I would hope to avoid is even if, let's say, there is a real situation on any school campus. If we have parents rushing up there, like I said before, it may interfere with the uh, egress ingress of uh, emergency vehicles. But also, if that parent decides to take their child, which they have the right to do, mm-hmm. um, if there's a situation where we're trying to account for children, right. uh, re- reunification or what have you, that could hinder that process. Right. While we're trying to you know, make sure that child is safe, not knowing where they are, not knowing that the parent legitimately took them, um, that could kind of hamper that process you right. know, and waste a lot of time, resources of people trying to locate a child. That is actually safe. Gotcha. And so this is a little different question, but like what's one thing that you do or that safety and security does that people may not realize, may not expect, or um, because I know you you all do a lot, even with food distribution, you're there helping. But what are some of the things that aren't the typical safety and security things that you do uh, that you may enjoy? I would say really, and we've already kind of touched on it, is just having relationships with, with kids. You know, uh, being that that ear, that sounding board uh, uh, for our young people. Awesome. You know, just really just kind of guiding them if they have uh, issues, trying to navigate them uh, through life, basically. You know, basically life skills. Right. That's one of the things that we do and a lot of security teams do that kind of go unnoticed. Gotcha. All right. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wanted to add or any? No, no. I enjoyed this. Um, uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining. We know that people are always, you know, um, concerned or they're always, you know, safety and security is top of mind for everyone. You want your kids to be able to go to a safe environment, to school. As a staff member, you want to go and work somewhere and feel that you're safe and secure. I think you all do a great job, you know, of keeping us safe and secure. And sometimes incidents happen and incidents happen everywhere. Uh, But since I've been here, I know that you all respond very well uh, as a former officer, I know that you work well with St. Louis County Police Department, with Bell Fountain Neighbors, with Moline Acres. Uh, probably work with Ferguson a little bit and uh, North County Riverview. Cooperatives, Riverview. And so you all have all those relationships and work well uh, with them. So I definitely want to say thank you for your service and thank you for keeping me safe each and every day. Uh, my pleasure, our pleasure, and uh, that's what we do. All right. So thank you for tuning in again. Um, I guess this week was Warren Newton, the director of safety and security. So if you see Mr. Newton out, 
Come up to him, greet him, you know, thank him for for keeping you safe, for keeping your child safe, because uh, that's often a thankless job, uh, but it's definitely appreciated. So uh, we'll see you next week, and thanks for tuning in. I'll go ahead. We, it's a safety is is a team effort. Absolutely. I appreciate all the staff, the, the administrators, custodians who sometimes go overlooked as far as security. Right. Uh, teachers, uh, it takes a team effort. If you all see something, say something, and we can't do it without you all. Yeah, that's that's really the biggest part of safety and security is like if you see something, say something, because especially in our community, a lot of times we're taught, no, nah, don't, don't snitch, don't right. say anything, but you can't keep people safe if you are keeping secrets <laughs> about unsafe activities. And so uh, you shouldn't feel guilty about that uh, just because we, we all want to be safe. So, Sorry for messing up your clothes. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> None at all. But uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll have another uh, guest next week. Uh, but we want to thank Mr. Newton and thank all the safety and security team. All right, see you later.